0: Um, this is a very momentous occasion, because for the first time in a very long time, we are now able to record together. There might be a bit of background noise, because obviously we have to be outside and socially distance, mm. But we're going to do our best to edit out all the bird chirping and people screaming in well, the background.
1: quite pleasant. Well, screaming is not pleasant, but the birds, the birds, <laughs> the birds are quite Yeah. I mean, I don't know, when this will be published, but we have just released an IGTV as of now, so... Go and watch it if you haven't, it's a little Q&A, it was just, you get to see a bit more of our personalities, we really enjoyed it, so, and also, the computer took, like, two hours to process it, so please Yeah, please it.
0: watch that was a really actually, painful <laughs> process it to It time. was, like, eight, it's eight minutes of content, but it took about seven hours of our day out. Oh my god, it was but so But it's well. alright, um, today we are talking about the education system.
1: We have, a, we have a whole lot to say about this topic, from um, private schools to classism to coursework over exams, we interviewed some teachers at our schools, so we have a broad, a broad range of opinions to cover here. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to start this off, I'm going to be very inflammatory, and I'm going to say, despite the fact that I go to a private school, I hate private school, and I think it's a really,
0: really awful concept. Okay, yeah, here's the thing. A lot of people say to me, oh, you're a leftist, you're anti-capitalist. Like, y- you would see, you know, you're anti-private school, but you go to a private school, you have all these material things, and it seems very hypocritical. And yeah, a lot of people can say, you know, you can joke around, throw around the terms like, oh, there's no ethical consumption to capitalism, you know, you can critique society while living in it, yada, yada, yada. Um, or, you know, oh, they did the meme, like, communism means no iPhone, that kind of stuff. But I think there's a very important conversation to be had here, because, Yes, I am a leftist, but I'm also very, very privileged. And I have the benefit and privilege to be born into a well of family, you know, with immigrant parents who... Um, built an amazing life for me and my family and I could take that experience and say oh capitalism works because it works for my family because you know I ended up getting the privilege aspect of it but then we have to remember that this isn't the case for everyone and not everyone has the same privilege that I do and no one will ever feel the same privilege that I do and that is why I'm a leftist because my living conditions serve as a constant reminder that this is not the life that everyone li- lives and I don't deserve it more than the next person.
1: I mean I've got a different experience to Elif in the respect that I've got a stack of Um, Scholarships, awards, things Which means that I don't pay for my private school education I don't pay for it I still attend So I mean in terms of class I still class myself as amongst everyone else You know the 93% of the country Who goes to state school or whatever it is I think it's around that percentage But there's still so much privilege That I've just been accustomed to become very accustomed to and sometimes I have to remember like this isn't my life this isn't this isn't normal yeah exactly this isn't what the majority of people in the UK let alone any other
0: less privileged country in the world this isn't what they experience also I think like when you're stuck in that little bubble of like privilege right and you're going to a private school everyone is either like the same I mean from our experience anyway like They're either the same level as privileged you as you, or they're like so like incredibly rich because we're going like we're going to a private school. Like, what is it? Six percent of kids in the UK go to private school. Six or seven, I think. That's like so insanely small. Yeah, and yet like that's all we know. That's all we know. And so when you're stuck in that bubble, and you know you're maybe not this the same amount. You know, you're not the same level as people who are. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, just insanely wealthy at our school. It can make you feel like. Oh, what the hell, like, what, I, I'm so, like, I don't know, you get in that little headspace, but then you have to, like, take a step back and, like, you know broaden the image and be like oh like fuck i'm actually part of the six percent that's nothing that's nothing
1: it's really small and actually we spoke to a a number of teachers at our school as we said earlier but one of the teachers we spoke to is so so heavily anti-private school yeah and he says that um he's worked in he's worked in state sectors he's worked in private sectors and he knows it makes him a massive hypocrite but he works in private schools because he can't bear to see the way that the state kids a up through the education system and it's almost heartbreaking knowing that you're there but you can't do anything to offer them the support that you can in a private perspective because obviously the
0: resources are not there they're not being funded absolutely i mean i think yeah when well, we're coming back to that idea it's basically a birth lottery right mm-hmm. it's just if you happen to be born into a well-off family or if you don't and like that's it and it just seems so like messed up to me that people can think oh well if your parents get to have the money then why shouldn't they
1: because like, why do you deserve that? What why do life? you deserve that more than anyone else? I mean, that literally has nothing to do with you. If we're going down that route, that has nothing to do with you. You haven't earned that.
0: You you just got you just got lucky, right? Because you were born into that family, just so, like it's Similarly, like with the like royal family as well. Like that's a whole extreme like end of that. But like you're just it's a bloodline. You're basically born into wealth. And if you are, if you are, if you happen to be born to that six percent, yeah, you you have a better opportunity to do well in life. And if you're not, then you're fucked, basically. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like, what, 7% of the UK are privately educated, but 65% of Boris Johnson's cabinet Mm -hmm. are privately educated, and about 50% of the people that attend Oxford are privately educated. It just shows you how, like, disproportionate it is, um, the way that resources are distributed, and then the opportunities that people get as a result
0: of this. But that's the thing. It it is very hard when you're when you know that you benefit from this privilege and you know that you get the privilege of being at a private school. It's very hard to then say abolish your private schools because you know that you're you're benefiting from that. But then I guess the uh, well I guess the main reason is like why do you send your kids to private school? Ooh. Because when we were speaking to one of our um, teachers, not the other, not the one that was very anti private school, but he was basically saying oh, I feel like we should be allowed to send our kids to private school, but we shouldn't have to. Yeah. And the whole reason is because if the competition was better, good enough, you know, we wouldn't be yeah. sending our kids to private school because it's free, but it's not because it's not being funded and it's not, it's just not as good. So yeah. if we made, the you know, made the state schools better, I mean, there wouldn't be a need for private schools and there wouldn't be that huge disparity yeah and i guess the main thing is the people that you know advocate for capitalism the main the selling point of capitalism is it's a meritocracy right mm-hmm. basically you work hard and you're supposed to do better but mm-hmm. at this point if you're just born into money and then and then you're when you're born into money you're born into better opportunities better education better childhoods like, how does... That's not that's not even a meritocracy anymore. That's just luck. Basically, when we were speaking to one of these teachers, he was saying, um, with the existence of private schools, it creates this two-tiered system, right? Quite, like, a dystopian concept to try and wrap your head yeah. around. And he was basically saying, yes, there's a class divide of a two-tiered system, but there's also a psychological two-tiered system where poor people's expectations of life manifests itself because they're not given the resources or just even the confidence that they should be doing well in life because they've started with a bad education
1: education we we understand that education sets the tone to for how you proceed in your life what you do how you act you learn more than just educational skills at school so when you're at such a disadvantage from day one when you're three years old how can you be expected to rise to the same level as everyone else and the irony of it all is you're going to get to like 25 you're going to have maybe you're going to have a
0: worse job than the people that had more opportunities than you. And everyone's going to say, oh, should have worked harder. Yeah, up by the bootstraps. So we took to the polls and we asked our listeners, do you support the idea of private schools? Can I just say, I'm just going to put point there, right? A lot of our listeners go to private school because obviously... Our friends are part of our listeners and we're from private school. And so 71% of people support the idea of private schools. And when we asked people to expand, basically they were saying, if your parents can afford it, why not? If people want to pay more money to get a better education, then sure. And like, it's very easy to just throw (laughs) that around when you can, when you have that money, when you have the money to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I reject that completely because whilst not with bad intentions, I don't think, I think it's incredibly dismissive of the fact that a lot of people don't have the luxury just to... It's it's not an option, right? It's an option for 7% of the country. Mm -hmm. And in saying, if you have the choice, why not? You're treating it as if it is an option. But it's not an option.
0: Yeah. Although an answer that I loved, I assume this person said no on the poll, they said knowledge and opportunity shouldn't have a price it contributes to classism and is just unnecessary definitely such a thing as private school attitude and entitlement many countries don't even have private schools it divides humans rather than build toward collective growth it's better to improve education for all via taxes something like that which i love which is perfect and that's the thing like in places like um denmark i think just the whole nordic system right going to private school is very rare because it's like the the actual state education is good enough Mm -hmm. so there's no need to go to private school i mean whilst there is such division between state school and private school in this
1: respect i think they're completely united by the large largely the failure of the curriculum i mean come on it's completely whitewashed it emits so much history you're not even allowed to like for example you're not even allowed to teach about anti-capitalism anymore even if it's relevant to the subject it's it's very streamlined and I really believe that it conditions students into viewing things in a certain way.
0: So when we asked our listeners, do you think school conditions you to view things in a certain way? 83% of people said yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I think that's pretty, that's pretty, like, obvious, right? Yeah. But then, I guess, in what respects? In that, it's very white supremacist it's very Uh pro-capitalism and doesn't really i guess doesn't really give room for different modes of thought right we're just Mm. we're narrowing it to very slim curriculum but then i have to say like isn't it hard to encompass all of that when you're just trying to get the grades because that's how school works right you learn the syllabus you memorize the right answers and then you recreate it in an exam condition and then you get the marks and you go and you have your grade Mm
1: -hmm. which it's very very mechanical there's a a process you have to put yourself through it's not i don't think that system especially with the whole focus on exams it doesn't allow for much um, critical thinking or development of ideas and i think that really feeds into the fact that creative subjects are so so discouraged in relation to academic subjects in my opinion.
0: We actually spoke to someone who was head of a creative department and we asked her some questions about this.
1: So I just started off by asking something about whether she thought that you know creative subjects within a school environment were actually encouraged at all and um she said that she thinks it very much depends on the school all schools at heart encourage a strong provision for creative subjects and i think there is a desire amongst teaching staff for students to pick those subjects which they enjoy perhaps stronger amongst creative subject teachers especially as they progress through education saying that i think there's a deep-rooted skepticism at times about the value of creative subjects and that's more about society than schools which is a point i do agree with it's hard to completely reject an external culture which is definitely just going to infiltrate the school environment and I think you see that in a lot of cultures not just around this narrative about creativity um, she also said there was a huge push by the government while she was finishing school to encourage STEM to become STEAM um, with the an A and it does indicate that there was a realisation that they'd missed a trick but she can see
0: people interpreting that move as more of an afterthought than a calculated and mm, conscious decision yeah more like oh don't worry we chuck darts in there we, 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 we support you like it's in there it's in the name STEAM right it's. I've literally never heard steam before she told me that honestly. I, <laughs> I, I mean, didn't know that, I just always knew it was STEM subjects.
1: Exactly. Um Then we asked her a bit about the curriculum and she followed it up by saying that she doesn't think there is a perfect curriculum, although key stage three, especially the lower years, should be provided with a wider variety of subjects which they can then refine in accordance to their talents and their interests as they progress through the years um this is a really good point and that we can't forget how integral creative subjects are to early years development and the formation of the whole child just the express the expressiveness is something that a lot of children lack in words sometimes and you find that through whether it be art music drama we know all this you know having a medium for a child to process their emotions as they are still developing That's vital, right?
0: Exactly. And we asked our listeners, do you feel there is enough emphasis placed on non-academic subjects? 73% said no. Mm -hmm. So it's exactly like... Even though we go to private school, right, and you think, okay, well, our, our creative department should be better funded, there should be more emphasis on it, still people are thinking, no, the, the emphasis is on the core STEM subjects that you just do well in, right? Also, please note that
1: this is coming from the perspective of people that do study creative subjects. Elif and I both do music, and Elif also does art. Yeah. I'm taking music at A level.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you're doing that. No,
1: I know. <laughs> but this is the thing even we see that within our within our departments like even at a private school where you know one of the pushing factors of the school is oh look we have such diverse departments look at all of our departments there are like what a kids doing music gcse
0: and can i just say charlotte is the only student doing music a level this year the only student
1: i'm doing it on my own i cannot imagine in the state sector where there is less funding and a general less you know they can't afford to put as much emphasis on all of the departments in general I cannot imagine how hard it must be for creative subjects to flourish and get any sort of attention at all
0: on the subject of funding schools right we asked do you think that overall the UK government does enough for schools 73% said no but can I just say right we've said like 83% of people think yes there should be private schools but then you're agreeing that the government doesn't give enough to state schools mm-hmm. Like how how is that working out? Like you you see the disparity, you understand the injustice, yeah, and you you're seeing that you benefit from it, and still, still you know, there's, there's that understanding? You understand that you benefit from the system that other people are disadvantaged, and but it's so easy to just be like, yeah, we pay for it, it's fine. I mean, when we asked people to expand on the UK government, a lot of people were saying they focus on grades rather than, you know, the stress or mental issues given to children or, you know, they don't put enough money into parts of schools that need it and that the government should be putting more effort into checking every school and not just a few and highlighting it and saying look, we're doing great here and then leaving all the other schools mm. neglected. Although someone also said it can only do what they can with the money it's got and they try their best. I mean, what would you say to that? I'd say that they're the government of the country, of course they,
1: that's, that's a given that they're trying their best but i don't think they are There's such there's such um a difference between private schools and state schools and the actual poverty it's not just love Mm. of us there is poverty everywhere in the uk and it's reflected in state schools and as as someone who knows so many people that go to state schools who went to state school all her life before before i got into private school I don't accept that, I actually reject that and I think it's a very easy claim to make when you are living in that bubble and I don't blame you for benefiting from a system that's a lottery at the end of the day, like we get it, you're you're lucky we get it, but I think that's an incredibly ignorant thing to say
0: and not good enough no it's not not good good enough enough. okay this is one of our recurring listeners she's giving amazing answers so I'm just (laughs) going to read them out again um basically she said that her main point was there's a lot of talk from the government and not enough Mm -hmm. action she's saying that there's talk of expanding the curriculum on BLM and other topics has been going on since the 90s and still nothing has been done um BTECs and apprenticeships are not considered in the same detail as A-levels or GCSEs, um, as though Gavin Williamson has just gone off his experience of education, which is very narrow. And that's the thing. People who are head of these education sectors are coming from literally private school backgrounds. Mm-hmm. How are they supposed to address any kind of state funding? Because they, they haven't experienced it, they haven't been there. We should have people who are teachers yeah. running the education system. We should have people who are doctors running the you know health system. That's just how it should be. I don't know why we have these random private school kids talking about how to fund state schools when they haven't even experienced it. I mean, I think this is
1: a good time to mention that this is ultimately a class issue. Mm. Private school is classist and everything relating to education is rooted within classism and shying away from that fact just doesn't do anyone any good.
0: Well, then what do we do? Do we drop out out of private school? Is that what you're saying? of course
1: not. Institutional changes need to be made and it's very easy for us to sit here. With every podcast, it's so easy for us to just sit here and complain, offer no solutions, go back to private school tomorrow, you know, (laughs) live our best lives. Yeah. But the whole point is just because this is the life we live doesn't mean we have to blindly accept it and think that, oh, it must be the best way of living. You know, no questions,
0: no questions asked. I mean, when we're looking at the way that, um, you know, schools assess their students and the way that we're graded. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we asked our listeners, right? We said, do you think formal exams are a good way to assess ability? And 72% said no. Yeah. I mean, and we go to private school on top of that, right? A lot lot of people saying...
1: It's made easier for us. We have more tutoring. I mean, it does
0: not get easier than private school. No. I mean, we basically... It's spoon-fed to us. Yep, absolutely. And if you're not good in exam situations, then you're just not good in exam situations. But, I mean, everything we need is there, right? On top of that, people are also paying for private tutoring. Yeah, exactly. You go to a private
1: school, so your classes are reduced. Mm -hmm. um, There's more focus. There are more resources available. There are more teachers, high quality members of staff.
0: Yeah, you got one-on-one learning a lot of the time. Mm -hmm.
1: They're always there
0: for us. Like now, we have teams. I mean, they're on call like twenty-four-seven. I have
1: full access to my teachers, and they have full access to me. And whilst that's slightly scary, (laughs) like today, Elif and I were doing something for the podcast. We needed the input of our teacher. We messaged them, and immediately they responded. They're just there at our disposal. And we're lucky because we have laptops and we have phones, Mm -hmm. and they do too, and we have this very expensive, sophisticated piece of software Mm -hmm. that we can use to communicate, and we had that all over the entirety of lockdown. Our, Our education was not hindered at all, whereas there are people that I know who attend state school who basically didn't learn anything from
0: March until September. If they don't have a printer or a laptop or Wi-Fi, what do they do? There are families... Of six sharing one iPhone. Yeah, literally they have to pass around the iPhone, and that's how they do their school. Yeah, that's it. Like, and and they're saying, "Oh, we're trying our hardest." It's not enough. Mm. I think covid has definitely highlighted what is wrong with their education system and I really really hope they make some changes after this. Yeah,
1: specifically for me the thing that jumps out as a GCSE student. So if you're not familiar with the UK exam system, um your first major set of formal exams are GCSEs and you do them when you're in year 11 so when you're aged 15 to 16. Mm-hmm. Um they determine, you know, your grades and then you do A levels which is i.e. college or sixth form and then after that you go on to uni so GCSEs they are usually just one set of formal exams in June and July um but they've been completely replaced with assignments which is like five each subject which is just basically mini assessments but they count as evidence and then a couple of sets of formal exams too Um, It gives you so much more chance As as annoying as it is, don't get me wrong It gives you so much more opportunity to get A full scope of your ability A more balanced average of what you can do Because even if you're the best student In the world, what are the chances that you'll Have an off day,
0: you'll completely fuck up your GCSEs And then that's it, that's done That's the scary thing though, because with GCSEs Just exams in general, you could be a grade 9 Student the entire year And that one day, you don't know if you're Going to get a 4 or a 9 Yeah but I am uh, i don't know. It's hard because, like, it is so much more effort. Like, it really is. It's just, you have to be consistent, consistent, consistent. And, like, I get it. Like, it's much easier to pick and choose which evidence you want now. And obviously, COVID has hindered learning and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, do you prefer this system to the exams? Because I don't, I don't know if I would rather just, you know, have one last push. You know, you could be doing terribly all year. Yeah. And then get the same grade as someone who's been doing great all year. But I don't think that's fair
1: at all because... Someone like me, I generally get pretty good grades, so it doesn't make much of a difference to me whether I take a final exam or whether I do coursework, because my working at level is pretty much what I'll get in an exam, Mm. I'm lucky in that sense. There are kids that are completely lazy and through through no fault of their own a lot of the time, oh, the birds are going crazy, through no fault of their own a lot of the time, whether it be for, you know, personal circumstance or just laziness or they just don't have the mental capacity, they don't do the work and they do a final push for a couple of weeks, they completely destroy their mental health in the process, but at the end of the day they still come out with the nines or the top grades, even if they haven't put in the consistent amount of work that a lot of students do.
0: I don't know though, like, I just... I, I can understand, like, because if I had been taking evidence since the beginning of my, like, education, yeah. I would not be getting the grades I am now. And that's not because I work, don't work hard and that's not because I'm lazy. It's just because, like, it takes a really long time to understand topics and, like, yeah. I have to go back and revisit them and reteach them and then and then re- revise them and just until I get them. And I'd be starting with grade fives and ending with grade nines. But if you're saying, like, oh you know, that really depends on how quickly you grasp concepts. Absolutely. So I don't know if that's fair either. Not that any none of it is fair, basically. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a lose-lose
1: situation, and we're not here saying that we know the perfect outcome. We're actually kind of just discussing the pros and cons either, because it's a really hard one to formulate a concrete opinion on. Although one thing I am completely set on is that there should be more coursework Mm. in um, formal examinations in that context, because I only got a couple of subjects that I've got coursework for, and it's just, that's far more representative, for one, of any work you're going to have to do in the real world. Very rarely are you going to have to do something immediately with no resources in a timed condition in solitary confinement. That's not representative of the
0: workforce that you're being conditioned to filter into, is it? Here's a radical question. Do you think we should be assessed at all? (sighs) It's
1: hard. That's a really hard one. Um, I think it is a good way to monitor progress,
0: although, why do we need to monitor progress? At That's the end what of the I'm day? asking you. Do we need some. Mo- like, is it. But okay, you just said it's a good way to monitor progress. I don't think it is. Mm. I don't think it is because I've crowned for a end of topic test or something and got a nine and yeah. then not understood any of it basically because you just memorise what you need to know that doesn't, doesn't mean I'm progressing no, that's I, there's no indication of my actual understanding of the topic but it's there, like the evidence is there but yeah. what evidence? It seems so flimsy like I don't, is that, should we be assessing students? I mean
1: if you pick occasional milestone points, I don't think that's representative at all. Especially if you don't do them that often. Like, if it's only once or twice a year, that's that's not representative at all. Like, for me, I've had a multitude of exams recently. We've had exam weeks and only two weeks um, of just, like, loads of topics in every single subject. And I'm not going to lie to you, I've rocked up and done my revision an hour before the exam. Yeah, of course. Come out of there, got, what, a seven or an eight? Fine. Like, that, I did not put... Very much effort into that, and it's probably not representative of what I could do
0: but that's the thing like people will rock up an hour before and get seven eights, and nines, and then people revise and slave away for hours and hours and still be stuck with their six. so how is that representative of the like the work they're putting in i don't yeah. think it is because I know like I've spent so long... Sorry, garden mark. I've spent so long, like, revising for something and then got, like, I don't know, like, a B or a C and then someone has rocked up and been like, oh my god, I didn't revise at all. And they actually haven't revised at all and then come out with an A star. Yeah. Like, how is that... I don't... Like, I know that... Is it fair? Like, because I, even though I physically put in more work than them, I still didn't get a better grade. So is it about the work or is it about understanding it? I'm really not sure. I don't have an answer to that. But do you know what I do hate is
1: revision culture. I absolutely revision culture. I'm gonna I'm gonna coin this term, guys. You heard it here first. I hate revision culture in that it's normalised to completely ruin your sleep schedule, to stay up all night, to stress over something that doesn't even matter, like what your chemistry unit that you're not going to need to know as soon as you drop the subject. And then you go there and you're like, oh, that was a 45 minute exam. And I didn't need to know any of that at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically. And it's
1: just, you devote so much. And I think it's really harmful to mental health a lot of the time. Because if you're physically losing sleep, you're not taking time for yourself to de-stress. You're not interacting with your friends. If you're devoting all your energy to one thing that you don't even particularly care about. I don't know how you're expected to just be okay to consistently doing that for years and years on end. And just, this carries on. As you get through GCSEs, A levels, uni, but the stakes just get higher each time.
0: Although I have to say, with uni, because it's so much more personalised, like you're choosing a very specific mm. like subject that you want to go into. It's not like you're just revising chemistry because you have to revise chemistry. Like you're choosing that you want to do something with your life, with the career. That's the the direction you want to go in. It's much less like force. Learning, do you know what I mean? Because I would want to learn about the subject that I'm doing at uni, especially because you're choosing to go to uni. Because like officially, like our school, like school career could end this year. It could end in like two months. We we, could be done. Like we don't have to go back to school ever. Like legally, like we just go get a job. That's that's it. That's like. I'm not happy with that like I'm I don't think I'm I'm, like I'm not happy with just doing GCSE physics and calling it a day do you know what I mean absolutely
1: not and at the core of it it's hard for me someone who's so critical of school because I genuinely do love learning about things that I'm interested in and furthering my knowledge and having a focus and doing assignments like if I'm interested in it I really enjoy that and I know that a lot of kids share that Mm. even if it's only in one subject I'm very excited to finish GCSEs and do my A levels because for me specialising is absolutely brilliant like it just encompasses everything I want to learn and then I guess when you go to uni it's even more specialisation and then it doesn't feel so laborious but why do we have to specialise you know what I mean
0: what do you mean why do you have to specialise I want to specialise let me get out of this like (laughs) I I don't want to be broad I I don't want to be broad I want to be really good at one thing do you know what I mean yeah but why do you want to do that because I'm, no, stop! It's not capitalism, it's because I'm interested in it. Yeah. Like, I don't wanna, okay, I get it if I was like, I just really wanna be good at words, like, I just really wanna be good at maths. Like, I don't, I don't have a passion for maths. I would yeah. say that because I wanna make lots of money, because you can make money by knowing maths, because you can go into banking, whatever, whatever. But, if i said english that's not a very ludicrous uh business is it it's just like you're just reading books <laughs> i want to get really good at reading books don't get rich <laughs> off reading books do you
1: oh my gosh there's so much dismissal even within academics this isn't even counting creative subjects anything that's not in stem like even as for me i'm a student that's going to do english politics and music there's so much dismissal of that like oh. literally
0: i hear it from like um stem students and they're like really i mean like why would you study that because i like it because i like it and let
1: me ask you a question do you actually want to go into medicine like the millions of other kids worldwide or do you just assume that's what you've got to do because you were a little bit better than average at biology
0: yeah and also like because people think they're going to be successful in that i'm doing mm-hmm. successful in it's one of arts. i
1: think in i don't know about um, within other countries but especially specifically within british culture that is one of like the you see so many students they're gonna study medicine how vague is that
0: how vague is studying medicine no I mean I mean
1: mean, like it's not even like they're saying I want to be a neuro um, a neuroscientist I want to do this or that I want to learn about this because it interests me it's just i'm gonna do medicine because i'm good at maths do you know what i
0: mean yeah i guess it's quite but it's quite like convenient route to go yeah like exactly if, you, if you're good at maths if you're good at science yeah like why wouldn't you study medicine And i'm not here to
1: shit on your choices if you <laughs> want to do that do that that's the opposite of what i'm here to do but i'm just saying it is so convenient and it's just further proof of the way that we're conditioned into following very specific paths
0: i mean if we're talking about like specialized routes that we're going down let's talk about uni for a second obviously we don't have that first-hand experience no, of we're university. not in, university not in a sixth form yet. Oh my god, next year I'm going to be six Four okay. Exciting. No, you, come on. You're okay, excited. I'm so excited. I don't aside, <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I guess there's like, quite, it's quite a big run up, isn't it? Like, yeah. you're, you're applying to university, you've got to pick your five, and then you have to like wait, see if you got in, if you have to. To join the um what is the list called if you don't get into your chosen uni's, oh, i've no idea anyway it's was, it was a very stressful situation yeah to me. and that's before you even factor in the
1: huge huge culture around applying to oxbridge so if you if you're not aware if you're not a british listener um there is oxford and cambridge and they are regarded as the two like most elite universities even worldwide um but especially within the uk um i mean they do have amazing resources amazing campuses Um, amazing systems and like there are many ways in which they are genuinely better than other universities but what you get with that is such a culture of elitism and sort of if you're clever you go to oxbridge Mm. like that's it's just such a it's such a stupid in my opinion that's really stupid because you're not you're not going to university so you can go to university you're going to university so you can study something like for me i've always always wanted to study a course, not. go to a university like wherever that may take me i'll go to that university do you know what i mean
0: but i have to say like part of the attraction of going to oxbridge is so you can say i went to oxbridge exactly but what does
1: what does that even mean in the eyes of an employer does it make
0: that much of a difference i think it used to i think it's becoming Mm. less especially because obviously like my sister's at uni and like you're around i'm around those conversations a lot more now but i think less and less employers Mm -hmm. are caring about what university you went to and more about how well you did in university but definitely in the past if you got into oxford that's like opened so many doors for you so many opportunities because as, as soon as that employer sees oxford Tick because that smart people go to Oxford
1: yeah I mean that's complete that narrative is really stupid smart people go to Oxford yes they do but smart people also go to every other university yeah in the that's country. the thing
0: exactly and then also you're factoring in the fact that you know private school kids will have such an advantage over state kids who want to go to Oxbridge I mean they they you would hope that
1: they would be more academically gifted because of the resources they've had available <laughs> to them and the fact that it has been spoon to them so much more it is so much easier to be clever when you go to private school. I mean, there was a study in 2018 that shows that almost half of clever but disadvantaged students failed to secure the top GCSE grade. So they were clever, but they were poor, basically, and they didn't get the top grade, even though they should have done. And just 52% of the disadvantaged high achievers at primary school gained at least five A-star and A grades in England, compared with 72% of their wealthier, equally clever peers which shows that your oh initial, your initial intelligence plays very little into your eventual outcome it's how's yeah. that it's how that is nurtured and encouraged as you progress through your school career and obviously you're completely stroked and fed grapes and fanned <laughs> when you're at private school
0: <laughs>
1: but when you and i really don't this sounds like i'm being very like snobby but i just on a, like a systemic level when you're in state school you don't get those same opportunities, and there is not as much regard. There's not as so much funding.
0: There aren't as many resources, so it is going to be harder for you. Also, like we were talking about before, you're not given the same confidence. Like obviously, like you're saying, you're stroked at primary. <laughs> <laughs> people tell you you're
1: so smart you're so talented oh my god you? you're at private school let alone if you like get a scholarship you're like oh
0: my god you have a scholarship at private school wow yeah. that, that's a different you're level like, and it's like oh you're, you're so smart you're so talented and so obviously you're conditioned to thinking okay i'm gonna I'm, all right l- look at me let's like, embrace this. look at me go i'm gonna be smart i'm gonna be successful i'm gonna be rich right if that's what we're talking about on those levels So that's what you do that's what it manifests in your life if you're thinking in your head Oh my god, like look at me, go, I'm amazing. Yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna be amazing. But then when you go to state school you're not given the same like attention and you know, oh my god, you're amazing it's And so even if you're not actively discouraged, yeah. the fact that
1: there is no there's very little exact stroke. <laughs> stroke
0: <laughs> we shouldn't use the word stroke. Can we change the language, please? <laughs> yeah. There's less um
1: it's less encouragement. Validation? Yeah, especially when it's... Because at state school, there's more people and there's probably less teachers, less resources. Mm-hmm. It's harder for them to devote equal amounts of attention to all of the students. Mm-hmm. So there's less of that. So maybe it doesn't even occur to you that you can push through it and you can do this and that.
0: And, you you know, you, your your potential is so much bigger than you think, but, you know, you're not given the room to flourish and make that actually a reality so in your head you're thinking okay well i'm not gonna be that good like i'm just i mean mediocre because that's what you've basically been told you have been conditioned into mm-hmm. and even though people at private school like really aren't that smart they're still thinking in their heads, i'm amazing because that's what we've been told and that's right? why some of the people in our group have massive egos <laughs> like that's the thing right like we, because that's what we're entitled and that's like classic like entitled private school kids because mm-hmm. like what else do they know like we've this is what we're entitled to right and that's why so many people are saying if you can pay for it why not because that's what we're entitled to
1: yeah i hope that this has helped to illustrate a little bit more what you were saying earlier why there is such division between private school and state school and why allowing private school to continue just because it's an option just further drives that wedge and that really caught sort of it's just not
0: fair i think i don't know because when people say abolish private schools it's very scary like mm. if you go to private school and people go like abolish private schools, we know that our education is better because like we're paying for it right and so when people say abolish private schools we're thinking oh what the fuck no please don't do that like no like don't be crazy don't be communist right i think instead of going down that approach we can say okay make state schools better so people don't have to pick private school
1: but then are you watering down a problem to make it more accessible yes probably but then is that the route you have to take in order for anything to
0: happen probably yes also so there you go you answered your question yeah i'm just it's just it's (laughs) I mean, I think, I think if, I don't, try, I think this is the thing, because I benefit from private school, I don't trust the government enough to say yeah. abolish private schools. Mm. 100%. Oh, this is another big part of private schools is most of them are religious, right? It comes mm. from Catholic private school. That's where, kind of where it stem from, right? I think so. Because, you know, you had that funding from the church and then, yeah. if you were Catholic, you went to a like a Catholic school and then... And that was
1: private because it was funded by the church. Exactly, church, and so
0: then, even if you're not Catholic nowadays, you if you can afford to, you go to a Catholic private school or whatever. Yeah, we go to school. a Catholic
1: private school. And can I just say that the vast majority of the
0: people in our school are not practising Catholics? No, of course not, because, but like, but you have to sign a little sheet saying, oh yes, like I will participate in the religious activities, because like, at its core it's a religious school but then we don't pay taxes so how does that work
1: it's just so morally juxtaposed and it really bothers me and without
0: like completely flaming my school
1: publicly because that's not what i want to do there is just the, the irony of some things like you know enforcing church values of um servitude and charity and things like that then the school's spending millions of pounds on unnecessary facilities even if it's got like partnerships with less advantaged schools and it's just like well, the irony in that is absolutely astonishing. You know, if you're going to make your students participate in lots of religious activities and place such emphasis and have a driving point of your establishment being that it is, um, it has religious values at its core, then embody that. Mm-hmm. But then,
0: like we were saying, you know, if if you know pri- private schools actually pay taxes, there wouldn't be private schools anymore. No,
1: exactly. We're completely aware of the way it works, and it's just, it's just, it's so contradictory
0: so basically we're hypocrites is what we're saying because we yeah. go to private school but
1: da, isn't everyone a
0: hypocrite really yeah
1: everyone is a hypocrite and i completely acknowledge the fact that me sitting here and having the liberty just to discuss it leisurely on yeah nice exactly with my friend on a podcast that that's a luxury but yeah that's but, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah basically yeah that's 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 basically what it is i don't have
0: a justification for that and
1: i don't i don't have a justification for that
0: yeah i don't, I don't claim to either because like at the end of the day like like i said at the beginning our living conditions serve as a reminder that not everyone has this. So just basically do what you can to make it more fair. Also, I was thinking about this um, and I was talking to my friend about, you know, capitalism and, you know, the inherent values of humans and Mm -hmm. how she was saying, you know, we're inherently greedy. And I was like, really? Are we inherently greedy? Or is it something like pushed by our external conditions? And basically I saw this woman explaining how she'd worked in um, a primary school and she was saying, we're not inherently greedy because when I take out a plate of cookies in front of children not one child goes and grabs all the cookies the minute children get angry is when one child will grab two cookies because yeah. humans aren't greedy we just don't like unfairness yeah and so when people when the children see oh my god they have two cookies and i have one that's i've got what had two mad. cookies as well yeah because just that's, that's not fair this out, yeah. exactly it's not fair in the playing field so you can understand like why that could get mixed up with being greedy i guess
1: i can completely understand that
0: okay taking a bit of a detour because we had a little chat off off mic <laughs> stop doing that um i would talk about the pastoral um parts of school because we've addressed the curriculum we've addressed the actual core of private school but i think you know how our school addresses actual the the, the problems in the students lives yeah
1: I think that's also part of your responsibility as an educator is to arm students with the tools to face real-life issues as Mm. well. I mean, you know, their chemistry converting into moles, that's only going to get them so far. (laughs) You need to teach them. I mean, I'm not even talking about taxes and mortgages right now. I'm talking about more social things, like, you know, in the wake of the recent um, resurgence about sexual violence against people affected by misogyny, just talking to your students that are affected by misogyny and people that aren't, just talking about what that's like you know, what to expect, maybe tools to cope with that and resources. I know it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that schools can just stop sexual harassment but i'm saying that addressing it is completely vital and what a lot what you see a lot of the time is them plonking some resources on a website and calling it a day but that that's not enough or maybe occasionally shoving half of it into a
0: pshe session which no one's paying attention to run by misogynistic teachers honestly like this we have literally misogynists teaching us about rape and sexual assault and domestic violence sympathising with the abuser and then we have to sit and defend ourselves to our own PSHC teacher. Like, how does that work? How is that working? And mind you, in a private school.
1: Yeah. This is... I cannot imagine the difference it would be when you are attending state school. Like, the amount of times I've literally... I felt the need to ar- completely argue with teachers who are meant to be teaching us PSHE or a, an important lesson for real life narratives, and it's just completely warped. And I'm like, how are you entrusted to spew this narrative to impressionable kids? Because a lot of them don't have the same foundation of trust in their knowledge that I do. They're not as set in their views, and they probably will take what you say. Yeah. And it's just not representative of what you should be teaching. And I know this is all very vague, because I'm not trying to slack anyone off or give any concrete examples, but it's just If your narrative is misogynistic or your narrative is even slightly what I would class as wrong,
0: you know, no one's going to stop you. I mean, I guess it's not about what we class as wrong. It's just kind of how we play into these structures. Right. Like so much of our lives are shaped by um, patriarchy, by white supremacy. Right. And then, so it's very, like, subconsciously fed to us yeah. through these curriculums of PSHC, right? When they're very, like, throwaway classes, you come in like during registration. It's a take class, you just mess around for 45 minutes. Basically, yeah. And, you know, it's very easy to, like, tick it off the syllabus, right? You say, oh, done this, we've done this, we've covered yeah. this. But you're not actually really addressing it. You just put on a slideshow and then, oh, talk amongst yourselves about it.
1: Yeah. And what's dangerous is that if you don't set the tone, which very few teachers do effectively, in my experience, you could even create a culture that is the complete opposite of what you're trying to teach. Like, I've seen it happen countless times. You know, we had a PowerPoint about different sexualities one time. I was like, oh my God, you know, this is this is new. And then immediately people started ridiculing all the more, you know, the labels that weren't lesbian, gay and bisexual. They just started completely ridiculing it. I was like, Right, and you're not going to shut that down? Like, are we achieving anything here? That's the thing,
0: teachers will go along with it as well, because really deep down, they don't actually believe what they're teaching. Yeah. And I guess that's hard. Like, what do you do? Just, like, fire all the misogynistic and racist teachers? Like, you can't do that, it's impossible. So how do you get around that?
1: Yeah, I know. I think it's really hard because you can't place the responsibility on the students because a lot of them don't have the tools,
0: which you should be the one you should be the one
1: arming them with the tools. But a lot of the teachers don't either, mm. and just because they're adults or they're in positions of power, you can't make the assumption that they have real life experience or that they've been bothered to look for that real life experience. It's a very personal thing.
0: Again, making another swerve away in a different direction, and um, we asked some teachers saying, you know, like what subjects do you think don't get enough attention? And someone said. Economic and political education are the two I think stand out. How many kids leave school knowing the difference between fixed rate and variable mortgages? Kids get their economic education from banks on TikTok, it's absurd. Politically, we degenerate kids for not being politically engaged, but don't arm them with the tools. In 2014, 16-year-olds were allowed to vote in the Scottish independence referendum. Schools focused on political education in the run-up, and what happened? 16-year-olds turned out in droves to vote. Which is, I mean, like very telling, isn't it? Mm. Like, yeah, we shame people for being apolitical or being having like, you know, uneducated political views, right? And then we don't learn about it at all. Yeah, it's interesting. I've like I've never had a politics class.
1: No, I'm going into politics A level, having never taken the subject in my life. I'm walking completely blindly in it, and only because I care enough to do so. And that's the thing. People, everyone is affected by politics, right? Yeah. That's it. Runs our world. And yet, so many people think they have the ability to just say, oh yeah, that's not
0: really for me. Yes, yeah. it is for you. It's like you're, that, it's controlling your life and what, well, it's not for you. Like, we need to be aware of what systems and place are controlling the decisions, you know, like everything that is around us, like laws and everything. And what, because we're not interested in it, we don't get to learn about it. I would much, much, I think it's so much more important to learn about how to buy a house mm-hmm. than how to find the acceleration of a car braking.
1: Yeah I know exactly what you mean real life things like let's be honest in modern day society a large part of schools is conditioning students to become an effective part of the workforce and an effective part of modern campus life but part of that is things like mortgages and fixed rates and interest and you, you can't just be selective about what you're going to teach these students if they're going to be conditioned to join life in a certain way then give them all the tools they need
0: here's another thing right and this is where the like huge classified comes in and how like social mobility is so restricted right as private school kids we have the luxury to think oh i'm interested in politics yeah i'll just i'll take a class on that right i'm I'm picking it for al because i'm interested in it but kids who like either can't afford to go to sixth form or have to like provide for their family and they Mm. have to end their school education by but like by GCSEs and they have to either get an apprenticeship or a job by then that's it that's their education done and they have no concept of like what what to do with their money like how politics like rules their life any of that because they weren't taught it and they don't have the luxury to think oh yeah I'm interested that let me do that
1: I mean imagine in three months from now someone says you are never going back to school in your life and you have to get a job boom that's it for the rest of your life
0: imagine 16
1: what the hell how is that
0: like what is going on how is this allowed it's just <laughs> you have to choose your life basically by 15
1: yeah it's it's absurd and you'd think that if this was an option there would be more you know care about people would place more emphasis on things like apprenticeships and BTECs and things that aren't just the standard GKC a level uni combination mm-hmm. but there's no emphasis on that so if you want to leave um or you or you're forced into leaving school at the minimum
0: age you are completely on your own you've got a friend, than for yourself basically and that's the thing when you have the luxury to pick economics for a level or something like that you have that knowledge so you can use that and get richer and then your kids get to go to private school and the people who didn't get to pick that their kids go to state school and that class divide just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger until there is no way to like pull yourself up by the bootstraps as you might say
1: yeah. I mean, of course, there are exceptions to that rule. And there are those people might even say, well, well, that's proof that this system works. Capitalism is working. Look, look at me. From rags to riches. That's the, whole the fact primary, that you started yeah. off
0: in rags shows that it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. Like, and kind of like what I was saying at the beginning is it's such an isolated experience. Mm. This like, you're so lucky that that's the, the you just got lucky, basically. Yeah. Like a lot of it is just luck. Either you're lucky to be born into a family or you're just lucky to have got there because it's such a small percentage of people who ever leave that it leave their class basically.
1: Mm-hmm. British
0: culture is something that
1: really really bothers me. It's just in largely, and I think I see this more amongst British adults than British teenagers, which is which is a good thing. I think the internet has really changed how um, a generation of teenagers view things, but British adults, I very 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 rarely meet anyone that's even you know slightly left wing slightly. Challenging the norms, a lot of people just go along with it so blindly. And British lag culture and stuff like it's awful. Just I really don't like the general British atmosphere. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
0: The British vibe, basically. Yeah, the
1: vibes are off. I don't like it.
0: There's worse. Right, let's just. We're we're, we're so grateful, but there, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's quite a difficult thing to navigate, and. I don't know how, like, okay, yeah, we've sat here and listed off all the problems. Yeah. What can we do?
1: We're we're not going to give you any solutions. Don't (laughs) get us wrong. We're not sitting here (laughs) saying
0: we can change the
1: world for you. We're just going to sit here and complain about how ruined it is. I mean, without getting too radical, we'd obviously argue that the way to change the world is to change the systems and structures. Yeah. But um,
0: that's not realistic. No, it's not. It's just not going to happen in our lifetime anyway. It's
1: very idealistic given how right-wing we are you know how how far away we are from all of that and how in order for any of this to become a <laughs> real real tangible thing you'd need a massive resurgence in the way that the whole of society would view things in ev- in order to even break through to like a governmental sort of system and that
0: would begin in the education system and that's obviously yes. not going to happen anytime soon so there you it's, go you're just
1: going to keep going in this like fucking circle of life just full of full loop full loop full loop full circle yeah, that's, that's not really a saying but i made
0: it <laughs> full loop full loop full circle <laughs> <laughs> um i think we should wrap it up there we've been oh i think this is the longest we've been recording for although a lot of this is going to be edited. we have a
1: lot of editing to do we've just been chatting complete rubbish
0: <laughs> no not rubbish off camera yeah off... mike
1: <laughs> <laughs> mike that's the word i'm looking for Alright guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please check out the links to all our social medias in the description, watch our TV, and all of that, have a lovely please, day. Please, we
0: spent so long oh in it, God, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in the fortnight guys, Bye. Bye. <laughs>